Hello and welcome to the first and ten wildcard review for the NFL season. We're right into the playoffs now. Oh, sorry, excuse me, Super Wildcard Weekend review. Um, got to make sure I get that right. Be very on brand. Um, I'm joined this time by Dave. Dave, it's been a while. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been a while. Honestly, I can't remember the last time I actually did a podcast, which is uh pretty bad to be honest, isn't it? But yeah, good to be back. Yeah, it's great to hear your voice again, man. And uh, Miles. Once again, joining us, not not being so, um, but still lovely to hear it as always. How you Thanks. doing, mate? Um, it's nice to have a weekend not ruined by the Patriots. So yeah, it was um, relaxing, very relaxing. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, not so relaxing for myself, but the good side of not relaxing for once, fortunately enough. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. We'll start off with the absolute game of the weekend. I mean, it wasn't quite, you know, in terms of points total, the comeback wasn't quite as big as Vikings Colts, but the Jags with mm-hmm. one of the best comebacks I've ever seen, at, at least in the playoffs. Um, luckily, it was a Saturday night one, so we were able to start for it. And uh, yeah, Trevor Lawrence with the performance of his young career so far. Miles, I, I mean, what do you take from this one? It was an absolutely incredible performance for him. I would I would say it was the second half performance of his career. Um, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, no, I think a lot of young quarterbacks or just any any position really, young players, if they start bad, you know, it is hard to pull yourself up and and have that mentality to come back and and you know perform the way that he did. And I think he's shown throughout the season a level of maturity that we obviously just did not see his rookie year and. There's, I mean, that group of Jags players, they've got, you know, they're not the best player for player. They're not the best team, obviously, but they've got a great group mentality. And I think Trevor Lawrence is just a fantastic leader. And I think he really, he had to dig deep to get that second half performance um, the other night because, you know, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players just would really struggle to come back from that terrible start. I know that not every pick was his fault, but he's still a quarterback that threw four picks and that it, it looks terrible. And I, I imagine that down there on the field, it feels terrible. So yeah, it was sensational for him to come back and, and engineer the, uh, that win. It's really massive difference between the two halves, as you mentioned. I think massive credit has to be given to Doug Peterson for that because there are so many disguised coverages in the first half by the Chargers. And in the second half, Doug Peterson went, okay, we're just going to hurry up all the time and mm. then they're not going to be able to do that and it was completely change of performance and I just think Brandon Staley really got out coached on this one I, I, I've not been a fan of him for a while now and then, to be honest every season that goes by he convinces me less and less um, obviously the, like there's the constant changes on his, on how he makes his decision making process which has never been great anyway um, there's obviously being out coached in this game the decision in week 18 to play all your starters despite your injury history, I I, I, I get convinced less and less in him. Um, but today he's decided to fire Joe Lombardi. Um, Dave, based on the game on Saturday, did you do you think that is a worthy firing and do you think that's where the buck stops or are there deeper problems here for the Chargers? I mean, I'm not a big Staley fan. Um I, I think that I think Lombardi was always getting fired after that game. Really, whether yeah. whether it was just him or not was the question. But yeah, I think he was 
absolutely guaranteed. But I mean, they've been pretty bad all year for considering the time. I know they've had injuries and stuff, but I mean, especially in this game, that week 18 decision is just batshit to me. Like, I mean, this game looks so different. They've got Mike Williams. Like, just some of the different plays there, like near, where they just needed someone to do something and you're throwing to your sort of fourth string, fifth string receivers. And basically just because... I don't even know why. Um, just being con- laughing, just contrarian in that week eighteen decision to just oh yeah, we're going to play and we all we want the momentum and stuff. Like you can get that out of playing the first half. They they played fairly well in the first half and then just take all the players out. If you if if you want to play them, you don't want them having like the whole week off and getting rusty. It was just bizarre to me. And I mean, just for that alone, Stadium maybe deserves to be fired because I mean he definitely cost them, but. It's 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 really hard because there's just so much talent on that Chargers team, and obviously Ash uh, isn't with us tonight, and probably a good thing. As, as uh, we said before, that he uh, <laughs> we don't we don't have to he doesn't have to sort of recount this game because I mean it was just I mean it must be so depressing to to be that team um, on the on the receiving end of that. Um, I mean, I can only really remember being on the other side of it, which is a good thing. So uh, it's yeah, uh, it's nice. Twenty-eight three. Um, yeah, been a couple, and um, but yeah, th- it was just such a bad coaching job. I mean, they scored three points in the second half. It, it's not like it's not like that. It's all on the Jags. Obviously, the Jags did great to come back, but they gave the game away, didn't they? Really, they didn't need to do that much more to wrap this up. And three points is just pretty terrible. And I do think Justin Herbert's going to come out of this completely unscathed, but I, I don't. I don't think he played very well second half at all. Like, I think he missed some big, big plays that could have killed the game off as well, which I think you expect from someone of his talent. But hopefully, with a better coordinator next year, he can look a lot better. Well, and there was the end around that they called, which was such a massive disaster. Yeah. And obviously, Mike Williams would be the guy to take to take that play call. He gets injured in week eighteen because he started. Then his backup, DeAndre Carter, gets injured in the game against the Jags. So then the next player who is in that situation, Michael Bandy, does not know what he's doing on that play. They've admitted this afterwards, right, and said, yeah, he he didn't know what he was doing on that play. Why have you called it? Why have you called that play for a guy who doesn't know what he's doing? Because you had to go to backup after backup because of your own mistakes, and now you can make a mistake. Like, that's... All that's going to happen there. It's mind blowing coaching, and I genuinely, I, I don't know if it's if firing Joe Lombardi is going to save um, Brandon Staley his job. I would assume, I, I guess I'd assume it would. Otherwise, Staley would have been fired by now. But it's, the fact that he's still in his coaching position is mind blowing. I understand that's partly an offensive coordinator decision, but I it just seems rotten at the core to be honest um i i feel like i'm being quite harsh but at the same time i i i i just see how much talent is there on the charges and you just think how do you keep messing it up and i i feel really bad fresh i'm as angry on his behalf as i am just generally but yeah it's just true tr- like truly awful is it they, like there's nothing good in the coaching decisions there at all, and we've seen it time and time again, and I don't know how he still has a job. 
But yeah, I don't know if he really wants to leave it on a slightly more positive note for the Chargers. Um, uh, good performance from the Jags. Like, you know, as I said, great performance from Doug Pedersen. Um, but yeah, I don't, don't know really where else to go with that. I've just sort of um, blown my lid. But oh well, we'll move on to the game that left me much happier afterwards. Um, Giants and the Vikings, absolutely amazing performance. Speaking of young quarterbacks putting up the performances of their careers, Daniel Jones, what a guy. Um, I mean, it's just incredible. I, obviously, this is the thing that has been mentioned time and time again after the game is, oh, it's the Vikings' defense. They're really bad against the pass. You're not going to be able to do it against the Eagles. I, I don't care. He, he played <laughs> amazingly in his first playoff game. And it's like, and generally, just it's it was also the adaptability as well, where you know, Wink Masterdale has been calling blitzes all season. He went, okay, it didn't work against the Vikings last time. We're going to play zone coverage. We're going to bracket Justin Jefferson. And Dory Jackson, his first game back from the MCL spray, comes back and he doesn't lock down Justin Jefferson in the sense of stopping every catch that gets to him, but he's tackling him every single time he does make the catch, making sure there's no extra yards. Obviously, you saw it on the near nearly touchdown. You know, obviously they did end up scoring in the end, but potentially a massive play there. Like there's so many massive performances. Obviously, Xavier McKinney has only just come back from injury. Um, like and, and he he makes the get he makes the game winning tackle. Um, but yeah, it's just amazing performances from so many guys coming back. Saquon Barkley looks amazing, and I like the fact that we're using him sparingly. Let's not run him into the ground. Use him as almost a star receiver. Um, and yeah, I couldn't be much happier to be honest after this game. Um, Miles, like, what did you see from the Giants that uh, I, I guess makes them look good going forward? Because obviously, you know, the road team, this is somewhat of an upset, but you never know, it's happened before. How much further do you see this team going? I mean, the, the I've, I mean, the, I actually didn't think I told you before we started recording, I didn't think that. The Giants would win this one, even though I've been backing them pretty much every game this season. But who knows? Because the way that uh, Daniel Jones has run the ball, uh, he was your leading rusher um, yeah. that game. And then Saquon Barkley still managed to run in for two touchdowns. Just think that that obviously running the ball, everyone knows that is just so key. Helps out the play action, keeps the defense honest. And I just feel like that's how you can beat Philadelphia is by beating them at their own game. So who knows what comes out of that game? Because I thought you were going to beat Philly um, in the in the regular season twice. But yeah, I just really, I mean, I know Philly are a good team, but New York, you know, got some surprises, you know, and I think that, that just that rushing attack is just really dangerous. Daniel Jones is making a very, very mediocre receiving group look actually quite good. And yeah, I think he's having a great season. Maybe this is the best season we get from him. And then it all goes downhill from here. Who knows? But with the Whoa. way that things are going, like you just, I really, I, I don't want to just count out the Giants because uh, Philly are the the top seed, but because I can't, I think I really don't think that there is a clear, clear gap between the ability level of New York Giants and the Eagles at the moment. I really don't. So I can't, I I mean, we're going to have to do the predictions at, at some point this week, but it's going to be tough call for me because I don't like this. The ceiling of this team is so high, but again, I just think in terms of like 
you know, you've just had a few blips this season where you're like, oh, okay, maybe not. But I think you played really well against Minnesota. So who knows? Who knows? And, you know, someone like Saquon Barkley is just, you've always got a chance when someone like that can run the ball. Again, very mediocre receiver group. But if Daniel Jones plays the way he did last night, uh, the other night, then you're going to be fine. So, because that defense is looking pretty solid as well. Yeah, there was that one drive in the first half where he just ran it every single time. It seemed like it was a Daniel Jones run, and he and he got to a point where he got to, we got into the red zone, and he was just out on his out on his knees, like just out of breath. <laughs> he just like he just been running the ball so much, just like. And then you know, we I guess if it's not broken, don't fix it. My Kafka clearly, I guess, out up in the booth couldn't see that he was sort of tired there. Um, just decided, oh well, let's run it again. It's still working. And then, and then he finally got stopped. But yeah, it's the the offense just looks so smooth, and I've never seen it this well. Like even you know back in the day, I mean, I know it's only a few years ago, but like Eli Manning, Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, all on one team. The offense was never this good, and it's I I guess it's testament to Mike Kafka. And obviously, you get this guy in, he's calling plays first year as a play caller. He's doing such a great job of it. And then obviously, on the other end, got the experience of week master down, absolutely knows what he's doing. Um, I cannot wait for the game against Philly. It's, and generally, it's going to be massive Saturday night. Um, I, I, I just absolutely, absolutely can't wait. Um, but for now, we'll move on to the stick with the super wildcard weekend and move on to the Sunday night game, Ravens at the Bengals. I mean, what a game this was. You wouldn't have seen it coming. You know, you hear the news Lamar Jackson's going to be missing, and then you assume, okay, well, easy Bengals win. If it wasn't for a Tyler Huntley fumble, on right at the end, well, to be fair, I say right at the end of the game, it was pretty early in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Dave, the, Tyler Huntley, a QB sneak from two yards out, which a bit of a strange decision, but... Um, yeah, obviously that fumble, Bengals return it, and then it's pretty much nothing happens to the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, a very impressive performance from Ty Huntley, though, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, better than I thought he was going to put up to be honest. I don't mind him as a player, but especially in this situation, you know, it's a big occasion and a lot of pressure on him. And probably playing one of his better games he's played all year. So, I mean, fair play to him for that. But I mean, I think it's probably the result that is most fun going forward. Um, assuming Lamar wasn't going to come back. Um, and obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about that whole situation at some stage in the not-too-distant future. But, um, yeah, like, I did I did feel bad for Huntley. Like, cause if he gets it over and wins the game for him, basically, then, uh, yeah, he looks a hero. And then, <laughs> yeah, to see it go all the way up and just couldn't be a worse outcome, really, could it? But, um, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff after the game was a bit weird, wasn't it? Um is it Dobbins who uh yeah wasn't too happy about the play call, was he? He said sort of said he should have the ball in his hands and all that sort of thing. And mm. I mean, I don't think he's necessarily wrong either as the uh thing, but I mean, they're just a weird team, the Ravens, aren't they? Um <laughs> if uh I mean if Lamar goes, they they look like one like despite having a pretty good team, they look like they could be one of the worst teams of the league next year pretty easily. If uh, a few players yeah. leave and stuff goes wrong there, then I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I think Harbaugh wasn't exactly secure in his job, was he? And then Lamar come along and sort of saved it a little bit. Um, not that I necessarily think they're going to fire him, but, you know, you, ne- you never know. Things go wrong for a couple of years. 
doesn't take long for these coaches to be out, but um, I would imagine a change of coordinators there because again, they just look quite stale for about three years already, and I can't believe he's still there to be honest. But um, yeah, if if Lamar stays, I hope they do make a lot of changes for him because I mean he's a fun player to root for. But yeah, this was a this was a tough 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 loss for the uh, Bengals, especially to a division rival, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of, I guess, classic mistake from Huntley. You know, you, you never reach out for the goal line <clears> when you're that far away from it. Uh, and it just, you know, too many defenders can get to the ball before him, knock the ball out, and then it's game over. Um, I mean, obviously, they still had that player, the, the Hail Mary, um, goes through the receiver's hands. That's obviously a tough one. But, you know, it was right there. You, the game was tied. You had the chance to take the lead. And then your run game is theoretically good enough that you can close the game out from there. But obviously, wasn't to be for the Ravens. Be interested to see what happens there. I, I mean, I, to be honest, I didn't believe all season that Lamar was going to be leaving. It's it's sort of starting to look like it might be a possibility. Um, I, I don't know, Miles. It, what what do you reckon is is Lamar going now at this point? Because obviously the yeah, I said last they... time we were on the podcast, I said it. I just I don't think he's staying. I just I think that relationship. I don't know what's happened. I'm not, you know, I'm not entirely sure what's happened there. But I just I can't see him staying. Really, I'll be very surprised if he does. He did tweet something quite cryptic the other day when I think maybe it was today a follower. Was like they quoted a, a showed a, like tweeted a video of saying like come back or don't go and he was like brah chill or something like that which made me think oh maybe he is staying but I just there's the comments that have been made by the coaching staff and the players and stuff like that and the way that Lamar's been acting I just I don't it just doesn't really seem like there's a nice relationship there and and again remember saying it earlier on in the season as it's his last year we were just like someone's gonna pay him like. If they don't pay him, somebody is going to pay him because he's such a rare talent. He can win you a game on his own. He just, you know, it, when you come up against him, your defensive playbook basically goes out the window because he's just so unpredictable. And I just feel like that, yeah, there's there's going to be someone out there that's going to happily pay him what he wants and obviously make him a bit happier than he seems to be in Baltimore. So, yeah, I don't think he's staying personally. I think there's an eighty-five percent chance of him leaving. That's that's my that's my take. That's how confident I feel he's going. Where, and do you see any possible suitors out on the market for him? Is there one that you particularly like the look of for him? Any, anyone that doesn't have a a solid QB, I think. Like I think well, Panthers is Jets. like a Panthers, Panthers was yeah. always a a talking point. Um, because I think they either they either pay Lamar or they take. Um, Richardson in the draft. That was sort of my viewpoint on the Panthers. So maybe could be Carolina, could be Vegas. You know, it's there's you know there are so many openings um, at quarterback now that and again anyone is going to you know there are only a handful of teams that wouldn't be better with Lamar Jackson as their QB. So yeah, there's the 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 whole league is his oyster basically. But I like the Panthers as the main destination. I do quite like the Jets as an idea. Obviously, they don't have the top pick. So, you know, they're not necessarily going to really even consider a quarterback mm. in the draft. Um, so maybe that is the most obvious route for them. Obviously, Derek Carr also available. We'll be interested to see what happens there. But I guess maybe we can save that conversation for the offseason. Mm. Um, on to the first game of the Sunday slate. Uh, Dolphins at the Bills here. 
I just, I, again, it was one of those you hear two is going to be out and you think, okay, dead rubber. But the Dolphins, they made a game of it, but I, I don't think there was any point. I don't know if you, you differ with me on this, Dave, but I, I never really felt that, like the Dolphins were actually going to win. Like, obviously, there were points where they took the lead and it was very close throughout, but, but I still always had it in the back of my mind, well, the Bills are obviously going to still going to win here. Yeah, it was... It just it was just a weird game. Yeah, I never really felt like the Dolphins were gonna win, but you know, as it gets closer and closer, obviously, uh you think, oh, this might actually happen. But it just felt like a game where the Bills just overlooked them and were just already looking ahead. Like it just felt like basically all Josh Allen did all game was just throw the ball about seventy yards and hope they got a big play. Just never sort of took the easy routes, just sort of just never took the easy throws. And it just felt like they were just making it hard for themselves, where yeah, I think they just I don't know, it just didn't look like the best Bills performance more than anything. But, um, mm. yeah, like the whole game, I was just thinking, oh, just like put this away, really. And then they just kept like letting them hang around. You never know in those sort of games whether they're just going to somehow sort of sneak one through. And, uh, I mean, they did get pretty close, didn't they? It wasn't had a chance yeah. of not long to go. And, yeah, didn't need to do much more. But, um, yeah, it always felt like the Bills would just do enough. But, yeah, I, I think in some ways this this is the sort of game where I think Belichick back in the day when the Patriots were actually sort of relevant to these sort of uh, this time of the season um, would have loved that sort of game on the first weekend of the playoffs. Like you get through, but you've got a whole week of basically drilling into these players that, you know, you need to be better than this. You need to be better. This is what you've done wrong. This is what you've done wrong. And I think it might be a good thing in a weird way to have sort of had a bit of a shaky start to then maybe a bit of a wake up call for them. Not they yeah. should need it going up against the two teams they're going to have to get beat to get to the Super Bowl anyway. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was a weird game for the Bills. I think it was more about them than the Dolphins. Not the Dolphins don't deserve some credit for you know putting up a good performance of third string quarterback, but yeah, I think this was more about the the Bills' bad stuff than the Dolphins' sort of great stuff. To mm. be honest, yeah, it's interesting. Sets it up quite nicely for next week. Obviously, the Bills and Bengals both getting through but both very similar games where you expect them to play much better than they did, especially against backup quarterbacks. And it'd be interesting to see if if either of them turn up, if one turns up and the other doesn't. Like, you know, obviously you'd expect both of them to be very much okay. We've got that. We've gotten lucky there. We need to be on top performance next week. And that you'd like to think they'll both come out of the gates firing. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. All right, on to the... Last game from Saturday before we go back on to last night's game. Um, we've got the Seahawks at the Niners. It was a decent first half, Miles. Um, obviously, the Seahawks put up a fight 17-16 at halftime. And then it, it, it kind of felt like within sort of no time at all, really. Obviously, it took a while, but Seahawks didn't really do anything for the majority of the second half whilst the Niners went on to make it 41-17. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean... A somewhat spirited performance from the Seahawks here, something to be positive and look back on? Yeah, I mean, it kind of felt like they maybe just ran out of ideas in the second half, and you know, that that Niners defense is just it's an animal. I'm surprised that they even allowed 23 points to you know, the uh, the Seahawks. But yeah, um, felt like the, the Seahawks all season have been putting up these spirited performances and then losing or maybe just scraping a win because again, kind of similar to the Jags and 
and Detroit where they haven't really got the best team on paper, but collectively there's just they love to play for each other and there's just something else there that you can't really coach or trade for or whatever. It's just, you know. So I feel I feel like that's what we saw from Seattle in the playoffs and that's what we've been seeing from them all week, uh, all season. But yeah, in the end the the best team won and the most I think the Niners are the scariest team left at the moment. I, I still think that, you know, there's a good chance for, you know, the Chiefs or the Bills to, you know, beat them if they make it to the Super Bowl. But this that Niners team is very, very scary. And I think Dallas have got a very tough time ahead of them. Yeah, to be honest, I, I feel like the Niners might be my favourite statue when it all at this point. I'm kind of hoping the Cowboys can beat them next week just so that you know, this is all in the eventuality that if the Giants, for the Giants to have a chance, I don't think we have one against the Niners. Um, mm. They are just that good. But yeah, it's it's going to be, they're a great team to watch, to be honest. It is very fun just watching their defense just destroy teams. And I just, uh, and I've also been uh, arguing today with people about whether Geno Smith is worthy of a franchise tag. I just, uh, I, I can't. I can't justify that much money for him. I, no. like, that's, the, that's the thing. You're talking top five quarterback money for Geno Smith. It's uh, it's, it's madness. I, I can't get my head around it. But um, He's been pretty yeah, bad I, the second half of this season. Like, it's like he's, he's... He obviously has played very well at points and, you know, he's still made some good throws here and there. Um, but yeah, he's not worth that much money, surely, right, Dave? I mean, not for me. I would, I wouldn't touch him for that. Like, there's, uh, mm. I mean, surely you could actually just sign him to an actual deal for cheaper than that, even for a couple yeah. of years, like a couple of years, forty million maybe, or forty-five even, if you really want to sort of like push the boat out. But I mean, there's no need to sign him to what's it about thirty-five, forty million? Isn't that to pay him? I think on the franchise tag, something like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, yeah, and, there's no and way. There's... I mean, he's currently on like what is it like three or four million a year? Like if you know, twenty twenty a year is enough of a pay rise to be you know making it worth his while at least. And he said he wants to be a Seahawk for the rest of his life, so you've got that in the bank. And then you've also got a top five pick that which you can you know absolutely spend on a quarterback. Like just be be reasonable. It's Geno Smith. Yeah, yeah like if, if someone else wants to pay him that's all made then I'll just let him like you don't need to like yeah. fight him just like offer him whatever that contract is a couple of years 45 and 40 million whatever it might be to like I don't know maybe see out this year ahead of a rookie and then maybe next year you're, he's backing him up or something like that but yeah if someone else wants to pay him more than that sort of money then just let him because I don't think anyone would out there I don't think there's any teams out there that would actually pay him anything like that sort of like what the franchise tag would be yeah, no one. That's the thing. Like the Jets, Colts, Panthers, whoever, they all need quarterbacks, and none of them are going after Geno Smith. That's right. that's basically like the Seahawks. You just got to know what you've got with them. The Jets for the like the greatest comeback story of all time. Like, yeah. back, <laughs> wins the Super Bowl. What, there'll be movies made about that. And uh, yeah, speaking of teams that need a quarterback, I mean the Bucks definitely look like they're going to be needing one going into the next season. Um, obviously, the talk about Tom Brady potentially retiring, potentially moving somewhere else. Obviously, Las Vegas and San Francisco, the main two sort of getting talked about. Um, but a pretty dire performance from himself last night. 
Miles, what did you make of the performance? Just uh, from what might be the last game of this man that you have such fond memories of? Yeah, I mean, there have been now, the thing is, I've, I've, I've almost become numb to it because there have been like a few games where I've thought, okay, this is probably the last time I'm going to see Tom Brady ever play. So I kind of, obviously he is going to retire one day and he has already retired at one point. So I, I don't, I feel like I'm almost numb to whatever he does, you know? And I think seeing him play for another team really kind of made it easy for me to sort of get over him a bit. So, yeah. But, you know, last night he was just not... He threw the ball 66 times. And I know they were behind and stuff like that. But, yeah, just it wasn't really pretty, you know. Fournette couldn't run it very well. Rashad White only carried it seven times. Like It was just... Yeah, they were just... The game script wasn't in their favour, obviously. Um, they yet somehow still I know Brady likes to spread it around, but they didn't manage to get a one hundred yard receiver. You know, it was just a mess. They're playing catch up the whole game and it was just they're just so different from the team that went all the way a couple of years ago. And it's just like so I mean it's such a short time for a, a such a huge change, but everyone just looked off the pace a bit. Brady didn't look himself. He kind of looked like he was, he kind of looked defeated, which you don't really see from him. A lot of the time you're like, he plays well and his team managed to lose. That's usually what happens. But it was, it wasn't pretty. It was really not very pretty. The Cowboys kind of took their foot off the gas a bit and still managed to, you know, put the game to bed. So yeah, I just think that a lot needs to happen. You know, Brady's going to go. Sell, get rid of the vets and just, you know, move on because that was ugly and I don't think it gets any better. Yeah, I mean, they abandoned the run game very early in this one. And yeah, when it. you're telegraphing to Micah Parsons that you're going to pass it on every down, uh, it's never going to end well. <laughs> There's uh, truly like, and obviously, this is been Cowboys' defense has been pretty good. Um, and the offense played well enough that their kicker was able to miss every kick he had. And they, to win um but yeah it's a good, good i mean i guess you know good performance from dak dave was this was this you know obviously convincing performance for you obviously it's only the second playoff win for a guy we consider to be right at the top um did, did he convince you in this one with a decent performance i mean i've always quite liked Dak. to be honest i think um i think sometimes it gets a bit harshly criticised. I think he can have some bad games but like, I think for some reason his just seemed to get sort of scrutinised a bit more than some others but and if Dak's on form, with the players they've got there that he can pass to in the run game, like they're so dangerous. They've got a lot of playmakers on defence. They're a good defence anyway and if this offence is firing even like pretty good they're going to be really hard to beat. They're going to be a tough game and uh, yeah I I don't know if they're the team to beat the 49ers. 49ers feel like the team to beat at the moment, don't they? But I don't know. They That's going to be a really good game. That That's, that's the one from the next round that I'm really looking forward to. Well, saying that, the, both AFC games are pretty good as well, don't they? But um, yeah, yeah it's, it, it's, it's it's four good games. But yeah, like the Cowboys are dangerous. I thought it last year and I think it this year. Like I think they're just a dangerous team. But I mean, sometimes... Um, they're another team that coaching just get in the way a little bit at times. I'm not sure. I'm not sure out of the eight teams after where they're where the coaching would rank. Um, 
I think the coordinators are good, but you know, head coaching, I'm not so convinced. Um, and I think that shows up more in come playoff time. And um, the little mistakes here and there that we've seen over the last sort of year or two from uh, the Cowboys have cost them. But yeah, definitely dangerous if Dak's playing even half as good as he can. Yeah, it's quite rare for me personally to like a Cowboys player as much as I do like Dak for some reason. Um, I don't know. I don't, he just seems like a decent bloke. I, I think that might just be it. But, um, yeah, I think it, I think it's yeah. a good story as well, isn't it? I think like some of the stuff has gone on through out just even in this time in the NFL has been pretty pretty rough, hasn't it? So uh, yeah, I yeah, think he's an easy person to root for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and, and that's the thing. I'm sort of half rooting for the Cowboys next week, which uh, is, I mean, it's doing <laughs> a little bit dirty, but um, yeah, but I, I guess there's no no real option. Um, I mean, is, is that just in case you have to play? You do get through and you have to play either them or the 49ers. You'd probably rather play the Cowboys, I'm assuming. Mm. Absolutely. That is purely... <laughs> uh, the old adage, you never you never beat a team three times in one season. Yeah. And, you know, this is like this is purely from a Giants winning the Super Bowl perspective. And I know it's very far to think ahead, but at the same time... It's, it's not that far, in fairness. That. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two games against, you know, what, division rivals. And also, you know, Neither of them can beat us because they've already beaten us twice, so it's all going to be good. That's because that's how it works. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything from us. Um, looking very much forward to the Giants going forward. I it's going to be a fun watch at least, at the very least. Um, but thanks very much for joining us, guys. Um, Dave, any parting words for us? Um, I just really hope the Bucks fire Todd Bowles because I think he's an absolutely <laughs> terrible head coach and he's ruined what could have been Brady's last year for me. Um, yeah. Good coordinator, yeah, terrible head coach. That's, uh, <laughs> that's where I'll leave it. That's fair enough. And any parting words from you, Miles? Um, I just think that there was a lot of mess in that Bills-Dolphins game and I just, I'm thinking what you said, there's a good chance that they could the Bills could lose because maybe they had a wake up call, but I don't know because they've been found out a few times. Josh Allen's had a few, a lot of messy games where he's thrown a lot of picks. So yeah, I think I just I, the Bills really shocked me the other day, and now I'm more annoyed at the Patriots for actually being as bad as against them as they were this year. So yeah, once again a, a swipe at the Patriots okay. at the end of an episode. I'm sort of semi-thankful that I didn't have to watch the Patriots last yeah, weekend, same. to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, one more game this season was not for me. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was happy just for 17. Fair enough. And for myself, um, just probably in the best place I've ever been as a Giants fan, just in respect <laughs> to American football. Like, I, I'm just very, a very good place right now. I'm absolutely ecstatic in terms of where we are. I don't mind if we lose next week. But at the same time, I'm very excited at the potential of what could happen if we do. And yeah, both our coordinators are being touted for head coaching jobs. This is this is this doesn't happen. So it's always I, a good I'm sign. Very, <laughs> very excited of where we are um, and where where we could be going forward. So yeah, thanks thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you in a bit.